of the Master of One podcast, the podcast that's missing San Diego, but not missing the lines. In this episode, we talk about Comic-Con TV highlights and the release of We Happy Few. I'm Andrew, your Master of Art and Design. And I'm Patrick, your Master of Television and Film. So raise that end of line sign high, because it's time to get in the queue. I'm not going to get one. every episode off by going around the table which is where we talk about things that are happening in our week if you're new to us uh that's how it happens and if you're not new to us you know how it goes i I don't know why i decided to change it up but that's how it goes when luke's not here to regulate um patrick you know what i realized i said the the whole end of line sign um but that's not something you understand that's not something that you get because you've never been to comic-con but I've been to MondoCon, and they do the same thing there, right? Do they do it there, too? I can't remember if they do it there. Yeah, you have, like, the guy with the sign that's, like, the line ends here or whatever. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay and good. it's always so much farther than you think it should be. Oh, yeah. And like, wherever you could reason out would be, like, a reasonable line. It's three times that. I was trying to explain to uh, to EJ how Comic-Con works, because we've... So it's, so it's Comic-Con week. We are now two days into Comic-Con by the time we record. We're recording this Friday morning. Uh, typically, uh, so Comic-Con starts on Wednesday night with a preview night and then it goes Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So we are like uh, two full days into Comic-Con at this point. Um, and I have been glued to my Instagram feed, just watching and being sad. <laughs> because, <laughs> like it, I just want to be there. It's been like, you know, it's been two years since we were there. We used to go, uh, we, we went for two years in a row and then we haven't been for the last two years. And I just can't imagine going another year without going. But, just you know, it's, I think for us, and it's it might be like this for a lot of people, but certainly all this stuff is cool. There's a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. But there are so many vendors there that we know, that we've talked to, that we know are exhibiting, that have worked on projects, that have pieces. And for them, that's like their, that's kind of like, their peak of excitement because yeah. a lot of a lot of this has been released for the first time and so to be able to to see those guys or girls in that moment to be able to hang out with them it's just a really cool thing and i think that is the part that so i haven't been to comic-con i have no reason to uh miss it and at the same time like i would love to be hanging out with brock right now because brock has so many pieces he's been working on that have come to fruition or or um you know i whoever well that's the, so that's the thing like as i as i'm looking through my feed i'm realizing more and more the people that we've talked to some of our friends of the show and um uh and these these talented men and women all around the world are are just are vending there or just are displaying there whatever you would say they're showing there and i realize that there's probably a decent percentage and and, and by decent percentage i mean Drop in the bucket. Probably probably less than 10%. But there's still like a solid number percentage, not a percentage of a percentage of people who are there that we could walk, we could probably walk down every aisle um, and and know 
and be able to chat with at least one of those people who has been yeah. on the show before, which is a crazy experience uh, for me because uh, three years ago when we went for the first time, we knew a couple of people, and now um, it's just it's the caliber at which of yeah, the it's kind of like hey we, Alex, and then that was yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, but the caliber at which the, the people we've been able to talk to and the caliber of people who come to to Comic-Con is just it's so cool. And uh, so, I'm, you know, I've got FOMO pretty, pretty hardcore. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, so, Patrick, you um, we so we texted yesterday. We talked for a little bit yesterday and you missed out on something that. Uh, can we just say we talked more than a little bit yesterday? Sure, yeah, go for it. Yeah, we we recorded an entire episode. Yes, we then, did. That then got lost to the ether. This is our second time sitting down to do this, which is a bizarre experience. Uh, number one, because it's frustrating. Uh, yeah. Number two, because now you're remembering all the things you've already talked about, and it it totally messes with the vibe of sitting down and talking. These shows for us are very much so times to catch up with each other. Absolutely. But, but we've already caught up with each other. Yeah, we did it. We did that <laughs> yesterday. Well, but notice that whole front section that we just talked about, we didn't talk about yesterday. That's right. So, so we, we're going to try to find new and exciting ways to talk about all the same stuff we talked about yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, uh, there was a piece that was dropped. Um, this is from Mondo. Uh, it's a piece I didn't know about um, until probably within the last week. They announced uh, Annihilation. Annihilation is a, was a great film, uh, awesome soundtrack, and uh, it's a property that I know we've wanted to see a print for, but a lot of people have wanted to see a print for. I follow the Poster News subreddit um, in that community. I'm kind of a fly on the wall for a lot of it, but there was a thread this past week asking what property do you think needs the you know art print treatment or the Mondo treatment, and the number one response was Annihilation. So yep. fast forward a few days after that, they actually do announce Annihilation print, by uh, Rory Kurtz, and it's just beautiful. I mean, if you've it's long enough now, I'm not going to give away anything. But this poster could have very easily been very dark. Like I could, I could easily see where someone like um, Daniel Danger or um, or, or uh, Wolf Connolly or someone like that could have done a print for this, and they could have made it a very dark, um, gritty print. I am so glad they didn't do that didn't do that i'm so glad we get this like floral arrangement these bright flowers these exotic looking like you know layout of plants and then just very simply annihilation above that uh it's a great looking print so i knew that it was dropping and they were dropping the variant you know a limited number at sdcc and then they had the regular limited number online and uh, i saw the print you know i told my wife like this you know i'm sorry we're gonna spend this money it is what it is. It's a beautiful print. I have to try. And uh, I was getting all ready. I was pumped for it. I had the page pulled up on my computer so the next day I, I wouldn't, like, forget, whatever. And uh, and then, Andrew, you let me know that you missed out purchasing it because it had already <laughs> dropped. Yeah, so I was waiting all day. So it was it, all it said on the website was releases late afternoon, so on Thursday. So I'm just refre at 2 o'clock I started refreshing the page every few minutes or so. Um, not like religiously as if it would be a normal drop, um, like when you know when it's going to drop. Um, but I, I kept that tab open separately on my page so that I was always seeing it, and every every few minutes I would refresh it just to see. And uh, until 5 o'clock hits and nothing happens, 5.15, <clears throat> I had to head home for work from work. And so I'm like, well, it hasn't dropped by now, so I'm guessing it'll drop at 6 o'clock because 
five o'clock seemed like a good time for it to drop, considering it would be like late afternoon their time. So uh, I pack up my stuff, and uh, five minutes into my ten minute drive home, I get the message from uh, EJ. Hey, did you get the annihilation print? I said what? I was like, no, I, di- I didn't get it. Did it drop? He said, yeah. I said, is it already sold out? And he said, yeah. Yeah. In within the five minutes yeah. that I had had gotten into the car and started driving home. Uh, it released and I missed out on it. And I'm, they are selling I'm for uh, nuts numbers online right now. I know, I know, just insanity. Um, I and, my- it, and we knew it would. I mean, looking at the print, looking at the the piece, and um, it's it's just beautiful. Like you don't even have to like the movie to love the print. And um, that unfortunately, that's probably one I I will never get to own now. Yep. And that's a, that's a pretty big. Bummer. You know, I'm I'm waiting I'm waiting for someone. Uh, I'm hoping you know for those of you who are out there listening who loved Annihilation and are artists, uh, maybe hear my hear my plea and hear my cry. Just rip I would also curse. I would also love um, an Annihilation print that's from the forest where you see like the mutated uh, deer. With like the shimmering, like uh, like just the the beautiful kind of the Dawn dish soap uh, exterior. Sure, yeah, yeah. That's but what I'm it always looks like when you're outside the forest, looking in. You're on the edge of the shimmer. It does look like a, a film of dish soap. I'm talking about being in the shimmer, but okay. yes. So maybe even having some of that shimmer effect in the back. But I want to see that deer where it's you know Ooh, when I when they like... walk up and it looks at them and then it kind of runs. That that scene too would be beautiful, and I would put it up on my. I would like walls. to see Kevin Tong's interpretation. I oh, think absolutely. That th- I think this is a piece, and especially getting into the idea of the uh, kind of splitting and reassembling, I would love to see his interpretation of this film. Have you seen his piece that he's been working on for months? He just released it the no, other day. No, because we haven't heard from him for months. That's true. But I just saw he, he hadn't posted anything on Instagram in a long time, and then right the week uh, before Comic-Con, he started posting stuff. His piece that he is displaying at Comic-Con is insane it looks very much like annihilation actually like you could get it and just tell people yeah this is from annihilation and they'd probably believe you um are you seeing it right now is this pixies print not the pixies is awesome go one one, is beautiful so go one step back the the other one is just an art print like a straight up art print uh here's a video of it right here yeah holy cow it's crazy good right but i would love to see him do an annihilation it's called heartfelt Yes. Is the name of the piece. Man. Sorry, I got I got lost admiring this. I wonder no, I th- is he I want is he I know it says metallic inks. Is none of this glow in the dark? I don't think it's it glow has in the dark. that it has that fluorescent feel to it. Like well it has colors. a glow to it. The way that he did all the dithering and the and like the speckles and stuff. It it's insanely good. Um I would for sure, for sure hang that up in my house. And if he did annihilation, it would be something in that vein, I would imagine. Say what? I'm looking at his booth setup right now. He's got another Mahalan Drive print. Well, he doesn't by now, but he oh, yeah. had a Mahalan Drive print in his booth. That print also is beautiful. Yes, Kevin, he's one of those guys that, for whatever reason, um, Kevin Tong and Matt Taylor are two people that it just, like, for me, like, it seems every piece is better than the last. Yep. Speaking of uh, Matt Taylor, today, I believe, Friday, yeah, today, the. Uh, Marvel 10th anniversary goes on sale for the Comic-Con or at Comic-Con. And then on Sunday, the timed release version of Avengers Infinity War comes out from Matt Taylor, which I will hopefully be picking up. But the one. So since I missed out on Annihilation, I did get the Star Wars Last Jedi piece um, from Mark Ansel. I think it's 
Ansel. I, I, I can't remember exactly how to pronounce his name. Um, so that piece, which is super cool. My goal was to, to sell it. It's not selling for a ton right now. Um, and that, for whatever reason, I don't know if that, if that price will go up. But uh, so I may it's end up Asp- keeping it's it. Mark Aspinall. Aspinall. That's what it is. Um, that's, uh, the, the piece itself looks great. It's, it's the piece that I asked for. Remember back when the last Jedi came out and I said, I want a piece with Ray and Ben, uh, Kylo Ren back to back fighting. It's that piece. Um, so, uh, so I'm, it may end up on my wall behind me at some point. Um, but I got that. And then, uh, I'm really my everything, my everything is locked and loaded for tomorrow when the Daniel danger shape of water piece comes out. You know that Jurassic Park print just sold out while we were talking, right? Yes, I do. <laughs> I, yeah. I knew it was releasing today, but I just pulled it up and it's gone. Um, of course it is. Um, yeah, so much cool stuff. So is there anything else that you're trying to snag from SDCC this year? I would love it. No, no. I mean, the reality is no. Most people aren't releasing um, things online. A couple people are, but not, not a ton. Uh, I, I, one thing that I saw that I'm super stoked about is Dark Horse is displaying their Hellboy figure. Uh, it's like an eighth scale or something Hellboy figure, which looks amazing, but it's only the prototype, so they're not even actually selling it at Comic-Con, and it's going to be limited to a 1,000 pieces worldwide. Um, so I'm excited to, to keep my eyes on that because it looks beautiful. And then Mondo releasing, the displaying the Casey Jones, Foot Soldier, Shredder, and Foot Elite Um uh, six scale figures to go along with their turtles figures, which are super awesome. Uh, their display is like their their non print display is huge this year. It's easily four times as big as it's ever wow. been, and um, they have their games in there. They have Jurassic Park, and they have those pieces on display, which are incredible. Um, there's a whole article about that on Timed Edition. Go check that out um, from like a week or two ago when they released that. Um, and then they have their other card game that that we were talking yesterday. Neither one of us can remember what it is. They told us about it at MondoCon. It's their own. Well, per- they were vague about it. They were vague about it, but they 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 said it's. Well, they, I think they did give some details as to the the genre of of game it was, and I can't right, remember. like maybe the primary mechanic. But sure. the idea is that it's card based, but it is their first original IP. It'll be the third game that they produce. It'll be their first original IP. And that's all we remember. That's all we remember. And we see, we can see a photo of it, um, but it's very small in the photo. So I'm going to maybe ask, text Brock and ask him to send me a picture of it because I want to see what, what, is, uh, what they're cooking up over there. They also, their tikis, they've, they've uh, really ramped those up. We see, uh, we've seen the, the, they released the Jurassic Park one uh, last week, I think, or two weeks ago. And we've seen some of the other ones, but the one that we haven't ever seen that we saw for the first time at Comic-Con is their Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man Tiki. Mm-hmm. It looks super cool. And their Jaws Tiki, which also looks super cool. And then all their Mondoids. Like, they have, like, so we saw Mondoids, which are essentially, like, Mad Balls, but with, um, like, these custom bases that go along with them to make them feel more like a, like, more like a creature. And they, they showed us, like, sizable. They like do seem sizable. The bases are pretty large. The the top piece docks into the base, like so right. the ball piece docks into the base. And your my understanding, if I remember right, I'm not saying they went this direction, was that you should be able to swap, yeah, like the orbs and the bases and yeah. mix and match type thing, and make the yeah, just make weird creatures. Um, but they're using properties, you know, that you would know, uh, Marvel properties, uh, horror properties, things like that. But uh, they showed us like five five to eight of them at MondoCon. However. 
there's there seems to be twice that many that they're displaying at Comic Con this year. So uh, I was I mean I think I saw maybe a turtle or two in there. So um, so they're like they're ga- they're on their oh and they're they're Mondo Mecca. They're like robot Gundam figures, have which you, look have amazing. You seen, you've seen pictures of them outside of because they posted like what looks like almost diagrams of them. But have yeah. you seen the pictures of them? I saw Spider Man. Okay. I have. I have, have. Are the other ones on display as well? I have not seen any of them. I've oh, only okay. seen the diagrams, which they had showed us. They had teased us and showed us. I think one of the diagrams back at MondoCon last year. Um, very S- interested to see. I mean, I, I'm assuming it. What's the price range? Do you know the price range? Or, they haven't released um, the price range. Is the are they supposed to be like a, a metal feeling exterior? Like would it be comparable to getting like an Iron Man figure from Hot Toys, or is it? No, I think the they're gonna be. I, I don't know the material, but I would imagine they're gonna be plastic, like um, the Iron Giant figure that they released. Ah, uh, okay. That that would be my guess because that's the closest looking thing to it, um, with all like the working mechanics and the hydraulics. Um, but that's all just plastic. Definitely interested to see the final piece on that. You know, the other thing, so outside of Mondo, which there's tons of people releasing cool stuff and exhibiting this year, but the the other one that really stood out to me is actually from Huck G, which I thought the timing was interesting, given what's going on with Super Plastic and in some, you know, the fact that he's kind of stepped away from uh, toy making on his own uh, and, and partnered with Paul Budnitz. And then for this piece to suddenly come out was a... Uh, Oh, you're showing me, is that the Mecca right there? Yeah, that's Spider-Man. Man, I, I can't wait to see. I want to see the go. Black Panther one for sure. There you go. Yeah, the Black Panther one looks beefy and cool. So anyway, um, it's that smaller than I thought it'd be, by the way, because that was sitting beside the Half-Life statue. I expected the Mecca to dwarf it a bit more. Yeah, you would. Yeah, maybe. But th- I mean, it's it looks like it's 12 to 13 inches. Okay. That's a decent um, size. Anyway, so, but that being said, even though... Huck G is partnered with Paul Budnitz, even though he stepped away from his his store. He has released another partnership, and this one is with um, Bait and Robotech. And it's called, here's the incredibly too long name, the Skull Squadron Robotech Armor Cyclone Hunter. But someone needs to workshop that a bit more. That's yeah. uh, a bit unwieldy. That being said, here's what this is. This is a... Um, a space suit wearing skull robot that's what it looks like it it looks like the same skull head so if you've seen the blank which was uh Huxley's platform you've seen the skull from the blank with the the large eye sockets with like the the upward diagonal um kind of bent and it, it is that face it is that mold but it's inside this really cool looking helmet and wearing the space suit uh the the kind of flat cover uh flat colors um, and then, uh, a lot of the, uh, how do I say it's, you know, he tends to do stuff that has more angular edges and stuff like that, which, which this has, um, it just looks so rad. It's an eight inch figure. It looks very premium. Now it doesn't have any of the leather or the cloth that you would have seen on maybe some of the dapper series of releases. Yeah. Um, it does have that awesome smoke kind of full face shield. Uh, but this guy looks good, and the most surprising part to me is this guy's inexpensive. I mean, compared oh my to gosh, the other yeah. stuff that Huck has released at this scale, the fact that it's only 125 bucks, honestly, that seems like such an incredible deal. So they're releasing two versions. One version will be available um, at the Bait booth 
uh, at SDCC, so that'll be gone. Um, and then there will be a regular colorway that's available uh, at all nine of the bait stores. And um, and I, I you know I'm assuming those are all that's all a West Coast thing, so I doubt that I'll ever get to see these. Oh yeah, the, so I so there, so let me kind of break down this story for for you. You asked me if I had seen that. I looked at it and thought it was super cool, and then immediately dismissed it because I assumed it was going to be like four hundred dollars. So I'm yeah. not going to be able to own that. And then last night, as we were talking, you told me it was one hundred twenty-five dollars, and then I got excited again. And then you walked through the locations where you can get them, and you can only get them at physical locations. And then I got sad again. Yeah, <laughs> just complete <laughs> roller coaster. So almost in your grasp, and then immediately stolen back from you. So yep. the 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 piece looks incredible. Both the regular colorway and the bronze colorway both look awesome. Uh, it is the right amount of mean. Um, in, 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 in slick and in all that kind of stuff. It, it's just a really great, uh, chunky, uh, sizable, um, fun-looking figure yeah. uh, that a few people will get to own. And yep. probably those few people will all be on the West Coast. Yep. So enjoy them. Yep. Um, but yeah, that, that's, uh, that's, that's all the, uh, the stuff from my side. Yeah, that's, that's me too. Let's, let's, uh, we have gushed over Comic-Con and our inability to be there. Um, I'm excited to see uh, what else comes out. We still have two more days, two more, two and a half days of Comic Con. By the time this airs, Comic Con will be over, and you'll be able to go and and see all of uh, what what happened. And if you were there, good for you, lucky you. We'll be there next year. We'll ha- we have to be. So um, that's it for the around the table. Up next, we're going to talk about some master categories. <laughs> So the Master Categories section is when we get to talk about the tokens we drew the week before, and that gives us our categories. We pick our topics based on those categories. And since we were already talking about Comic-Con, let me just continue the thread. Uh, I had toys. Nope, I had TV and film. And, um, I mean, that's a huge component to Comic-Con. I know when Comic-Con first started, it's about comics, right? And and then toys kind of seeped their way into it. And, and really then convicts now, as well. That was the, It was convicts. comics and convicts. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it was their rehabilitation, like back into society. Yeah, yeah so they could sell important. comics, and then the profit from that is what they could use to rent uh, to get to pay for rent. Um, but uh, obviously, the the TV and film industry has has all but taken over the 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 com, and um, it's to be understood that you get a lot of news. They drop a lot of uh, first looks a lot of uh exclusives a lot of um announcements all that stuff happens hall h is a huge you know huge part of the the tv and film industry now um and it's they put a lot of money into building these these booths and these sets and all these different things just to display at at things like comic-con so um it goes without saying we've got some new things to talk about so tv and film um we have uh I, so we, I, I follow this uh, since I'm not there and I'm not able to see all these things. It's, it's good to be able to follow. I, we're kind of at the mercy of of the bloggers out there when stuff comes available. But Vox is doing a really good job of keeping everybody up to date on what's going on, uh, specifically with their their TV and movie trailers. So um, go look at the. So this is only two days into Comic Con, so this isn't going to be everything. So um, the link that we have in our show notes is the link to the Vox article that they will be updating uh, regularly throughout the course of the convention. So um, by the time this airs, you'll be able to go there and get a comprehensive 
list with all of the trailers of the must-see TV and movie stuff. So um, I'm going to read off the first few that I saw that were exciting um, and some that I'm a little, you know, I'm not too sure about. Um, but then obviously go back when this episode airs and watch the comprehensive list because there's going to be way, way more. Um, okay, so the first one, Doctor Who. We see the first uh, viewing, the first teaser of the new Doctor Who season. It's the 11th season, and it is uh, premiering with the the newest Doctor, the 13th Doctor, which doesn't make sense to me. Um, I should stay at the beginning of this. There, Patrick, there are multiple Doctors? Well, yes, there are multiple Doctors. No, that's not the part that doesn't make sense. 13th Doctor, but 11th season. So, like, were there two seasons where a doctor died in the middle? And then, like, I don't understand, like, how that... Someone knows this answer emphatically. Someone is yelling at you right now, but we don't know. Yeah, we should go on record as saying Patrick and I don't watch uh, Doctor Who. We aren't Doctor Who people, and we both feel shame about that. And it's not, and it's not because, you know... Well, let me put it this way. It's because I just don't like it. <laughs> I have tr- like I have tried to, I tr- I tried to start with the you know start with the newer episodes because the older ones might be more difficult and and I turned it on and it's like it looked weird and it was kind of boring. I watched and, um, I watched an entire season um and I still am wow like, and you still didn't like it and I still didn't like it like I I, I felt feel like, justified for not liking the ten minutes I watched I felt like I had to like that's the thing the 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 circle and the crowd that we kind of that we go in. It's like next, like upper echelon nerd to be a Doctor Who fan. Um, that kind of encap- like if you say you're a Doctor Who fan, that means you likely also like Star Wars, Star Trek, uh, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's, <laughs> right. it's like there's a that's the at the peak of the the nerd uh, pyramid, I guess. But anyway, we we aren't Doctor Who fans. But so the they're they're debuting with the first female Doctor, and so. Watch the trailer. It actually looks pretty intriguing to me. Um, and because it's a female doctor, because they're changing things up, I might give it a chance. If I get uh, I get BBC America, yeah. So um, it's a BBC show. Obviously, all this, uh, all the Doctor Who stuff is BBC. Um, anyway, I'm, ex- I'm excited to, to maybe give it another shot. And then if this doesn't catch my fancy, then I think I'll just give up at that point. Um, but Doctor Who, the new season, it's coming out this fall, so keep your eyes peeled for that. The next one, uh, Netflix's Iron Fist Season 2. Um, a lot of people throw a lot of shade at Iron Fist, and I didn't, I didn't watch it, so I don't know if it's fair or justified. However, um, the way that they describe it in Vox is they say that uh, after the rough first season, there seemingly is, only nowhere, is nowhere to go but up. So um, that doesn't bode well for the show. And I'll, I'll have to say, I watched the trailer, oh, man. and... Honestly, it seems super cheesy and cheap to me. Now, I don't watch like the. It felt to me like it played like the CW shows, I like the DC like Arrow and Smallville and stuff. I just I never got into those shows. They never felt, um, they never they, they never felt like totally well done to me. They always felt like B list uh, to me. So um, anyway, this feels a lot like that. If you're a big fan of of uh, Iron Fist, the comic, then maybe you'll love it. Um, I never, I didn't watch Luke Cage and I didn't watch Jessica Jones, but, uh, I do watch, uh, Daredevil and, um, the Punisher and those are great. So I don't know, maybe it's just, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what ends up happening with that, but go watch the trailer. You decide for yourself. 
Um, and then one that I had not heard of before is Night Flyers. Night Flyers is a new okay. sci-fi show. It looks incredibly intriguing to me. It's kind of like a... Um, it takes place in space, uh, and it's obviously sci-fi, but it also has a little bit of like a, a creepiness to it, like a mystery. They're trying to it does it, it. The trailer kind of plays like a horror film, but I don't think it is going to be a horror show. I think it is um, going to be more suspense-driven. Um, but uh, it's sci-fi. The the biggest the, the kicker for me is that it's it's behind. Uh, it, it's from George R. R. Martin, so. Uh, obviously of Game of Thrones fame. Um, so, you know, I'm intrigued by it. It looks really different. It looks cool. It's on sci-fi. That comes out this fall. Um, and uh, there you go. Check it out, Night Flyers. You can go to that page and see it. The final one, um, oh, no, no, not, not the final one. We did get confirmation that Star Wars The Clone Wars is coming back, the animated series mm -hmm. that is beloved by so many. And everyone was so upset when they canceled the show before they ever had resolved to it they but are bringing a, it back with a bit of a caveat that's true being that you have to watch it on disney's new streaming platform yeah so uh 2019 disney is re releasing their own streaming platform this will be an exclusive to that which makes sense you know if you're building if you're going to build your own platform and you have your own content it makes sense to they have the content to do it i right. mean that that's for sure um you know it's I get I get torn with this stuff because I I certainly that's a good move for them. I mean they they they're not going to have to pay anybody else to host their content or or whatever. They they are they'll own the responsibility, they'll own the risk for it. But at the end of the day, they already own all the titles, they already have all the licensing, they have the hard part. Uh and the technology to make it available is just not difficult. It just isn't what it was. Um Well, it's it's an excuse for people to get the platform. It's just like when Netflix did their originally started doing their own content, like you could, you would have to get Netflix to, to watch it or Hulu well, and, with, with uh, Handmaid's Tale. It's an inroad too, because there are people that will purchase the platform that aren't necessarily, you know, buying from the store, attending parks or doing whatever. This becomes another inroad. They can advertise to these people however they want to. Oh, you better um, believe Disney Parks is going to be like one of the main advertisements inside of that app. So it, it makes sense. I hate it because. We're going back to cable. I mean, we're going back to paying $120 a month because this streaming service is eight one and $8, and this is 12 and this one's 10 and this one's another 12 and this one's another 8 I mean, everything people complained about with cable is just happening again in another form. Um, that That's the part that is frustrating to watch. You know, the, the benefit of something like uh, Netflix when it was new is that it, it was the it was the place to go. That that was the only subscription to have was Netflix, and you had access to a huge library. Netflix is doing the right thing by producing more uh, shows that that by producing more shows because they don't have to pay licensing for other people's content. It's their own content, and the reality is, is other people like for instance Disney make their own platforms. Disney is going to pull their content from Netflix anyway. I think Disney has said they would leave their content for another year, but after that, it's not guaranteed. And my guess is that we. All of that stuff will go back to Disney's right. platform. And so Netflix does have to – their model will not work anymore. They do have to switch to being a studio. They do have to switch to producing compelling content. That is what's going to keep Netflix growing. If they were just managing other people's licenses, they would just slowly bleed out over the next however many years. I'd, I'd love to know what the, what the uh, 
the percentages now when I'm when I'm flipping through Netflix, I am mostly seeing that Netflix badge on the top of whatever that means, which means that they own the rights to distribute or they actually produce that content themselves. Right. It's it's it is the seemingly the majority of the content they have available now is Netflix original stuff. And certainly they are choosing to show that that they are choosing to show you the right. majority of their content. Uh, that it is it still isn't a majority, but that's absolutely the direction they're going. You know, I think the number was. It, I I want to say that uh, one of the people came out and said over the course of the next it was either five years or eight years we want to be fifty fifty. Um, but I think I think the reality is is that they're going to want to be a hundred percent before it's over. I mean, I and I don't think. You know, unless it's maybe older content that there isn't a big market for. There's there's like a few exceptions, but I think you you have to if you're in their position, push to be 100 percent original content. And I think if you don't, uh, again, either you're going to have to start paying much 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 more for licenses because other platforms are also trying to buy those licenses. You know, you're getting in bidding bidding wars with companies like Amazon, right? Um, for something like the Grand Tour or whatever. Um, or um, your content just gets pulled anyway because someone makes their own platform. Yep. So anyway, uh, that was a bit of a, a side. That is a side, but you know it's all on the know. it's all on. So the I hate it. You know, Spotify thankfully has is still kind of holding down the fort on the music side. Like they're still like the only. I know some people that have Spotify and Apple Music or or whatever. Spotify still for me is like holding down the fort. Netflix is just gets more and more diluted. Um, and I understand it. I don't think anybody's doing anything that's, you know, uh, it all makes sense. For themselves. For themselves. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we're all going to be paying $120 a month for streaming services. To get all the content that we want. In order to not pay $120 a month for cable. Right. <laughs> you exactly. know, it's it's just, it's the same thing. So, so final one that I want to talk about uh, briefly is, so we've had Teen Titans uh, was a, co- a cartoon Many, many, many years ago, Teen Titans Go re, uh, revised that content, which is the um, the kind of the B-list of the Justice League. You've got Robin and Cyborg and Beast Boy and all of these other ones. Um, B-list boy. The B-list boy, <laughs> yep. Uh, and uh, so Teen Titans Go kind of revamped that, and it's very bright and vibrant. Uh, a lot of the work of Dan Hip goes into that, which his his art style is so fun and so cool and so uh, playful. Um, at the same time, it's a little daring and, and edgy. Um, but it's all done in this very, very playful way. Everything, it doesn't take itself too seriously. It's very jokey and fun, and make, they make a lot of fart jokes, right? Um, so fast forward now to uh, what I think is going to be this fall, if not this fall, next spring. Um DC's Titans, oh so gosh. it is the same cast of characters uh, of Teen Titans Go. It's the t- it's the Teen Titans. It's that kind of B list, not quite th- ready for the Justice League. Um, it's like the Justice League in, on training wheels uh, characters, but it's a live action show that's going to be out. And at first glance, you think that's going to be cool and fun, until you watch the trailer. The trailer is, I hate it, man. U- ultra dark. Is Ultra com- gritty. What channels is coming out on? Uh, I actually don't see. I don't see where it tells me that. I don't, it I don't looks like that. Riverdale off the CW. I mean, it's. I I do not understand why it's going this direction. I mean, I, you know, I I have an idea of some of the people that 
you know, I, some of the people groups that, that buy into that style. But so I, I'm not saying they don't have an audience for it, but I just feel that is so far from what these characters are meant to be and meant to portray. Yeah, so let me let me break down what that what we're talking about here. If you haven't seen this this trailer yet, you should go watch it. Um you're seeing the very the very beginning of the trailer is the Flying Graysons at the circus, which is if you know the story of Robin, um if you don't know the story of Robin, go back and watch that George Clooney Chris O'Donnell uh, nippled Batman movie, uh, and you can see that, uh, and and you'll get the. If full you don't picture. know about nippled Batman, then Google that too. Yeah, start. Yeah, if you don't know about nippled Batman, start there and then work your way through. But um, so you start at this at, at the circus and see the scene that kind of catapults Robin into being Robin, and then you start to see a, a little bit of the origins of all these other characters kind of coming together. Again, very dark, very gritty. At the end, you see Robin jumping from rooftop to rooftop, and there's this gang of of hoodlums, uh, gangsters, mob boys. I don't know what you want to call them. <laughs> Extras. <laughs> uh, and they're they're there, and and Robin lands on this car and just starts kicking the ever loving crap out of all of these people, and that not like in a in a comic booky kind of way, like in a Face stomping, Quentin uh, Tarantino. Yeah, like super violent, super aggressive kind of way. And then at the end, the, this whole thing culminates. Where's in, Batman? And then and then Robin just says, "F Batman." He didn't but say. He didn't F say fudge. <laughs> Only he didn't say fudge. Um, and it's got a lot of hype going right now, and I don't know that it's all good. Um, like where, where did we see this? And, and so I, I consulted with, uh, EJ, who is a huge, huge, huge Batman fan. And he was turned off by this. Like he's not, he's not happy with how that, how that goes. Robin is Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson and per the comics has never been like that, has never had that kind of edge to him. And so you said it, you know, like, who are they appealing to? Who are they trying to appeal to? And who are they ostracizing by appealing to this other subsect of people? So this is what Marvel has done very well. Uh, but there, but even before Marvel, this is something I think uh, Sony did very well once upon a time, um, which was with the first Spider-Man film, uh, the Spider-Man film with um, Tobey Maguire. Yes. That I, be- I believe it was Sony at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a very good job of giving, giving you a movie. And it's not that it was never serious, but it was the, a really great amount of exaggerated like comic book exaggerated and so like whenever you saw the you know the the head of the newspaper and he had his like fat cigar and he was yelling out stuff you know like they would they would push everything farther than would be you know normal but not so far that it was crazy that not so far that it was ultra gritty not so far that it was stupid like you could still so it felt exaggerated in a comic style way and and that's what i think marvel has done well too you know marvel still has serious films but they, they they don't have what I would consider like gritty films. I think they've done a good job at still keeping that comic slightly exaggerated in places, uh, certainly trying to work in an appropriate amount of levity, whatever, into their movies. So they can still be serious. That You can still develop empathy for these characters. You can still have very, very um, real moments or, or whatever that is. But But it still feels like it's always pointing back to a comic. Yeah. It's always letting you know this this was derived from a comic, uh, which would be colorful, and it would be a little weird at times, and, it, and not 
not necessarily derived in real life. And, and they, they point back to the, something like this. It, why even attach Robin to it? Just it, make it someone else. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. So for me, it feels like they should have done this style with with uh, Suicide Squad. That would have made a ton of sense. Sure. And like, I think Marvel has done a good job of choosing the right characters to do that with. Deadpool rides that line. The Punisher. Punisher is ultra gritty, ultra face stompy. You know, very much that. But that fits the character in the comic. Really book. stompy. Yeah. Um, it, it fits the character in the comic books. It doesn't fit the the Teen Titans. So anyway, I'm not we don't we don't need to go on a big diatribe about it. Just go see the thing and uh and and let us know what your thoughts are. You choose for yourself. Um if you're a big Batman fan and you are excited for this, then good for you. And if not, um then I think you you're gonna I think you're gonna I think this is gonna be split right down the middle. And I guess time will tell how good the show actually is and how much of that that trailer is just for shock value and to get people talking about it. So yeah. I guess we'll we'll find out. Um, the fact that it the fact that he cusses makes me assume that it's not going to be on network television, right? He did say the f word, Andrew. He said the f word. So like I imagine this is maybe for Can a streaming. Can you say service. the f word if it's like after ten o'clock? Not on network television. I that's still that's still the word you can say. Good, you can uh, edit that out. Mark it. You can say. You can say. You can say. You can say. All of those different things, but I, d- I still think that's the one you can't say. That's you know, the one that's not. You know, if you listen to this podcast after 10 o'clock, I don't have to edit it, right? That's true, yeah. <laughs> okay, great. That's what um, we'll tell the, iP- the, uh, the iTunes people when they're like, you yeah, uh, when they kick us off. <laughs> um, all right, so Patrick, go ahead. So anyway, go follow, uh, go check out that Vox. It'll be in the show notes. It'll have a more extensive list and stuff that we weren't able to talk about because of when we recorded this. Uh, but uh, man, TV, uh, there's a lot to that's happening in TV and film in the next six months. So exciting stuff. Patrick, take it away. Man, you did it. So this week, We Happy Few is the game we're going to talk about uh, for a bit. I'm going to take you on a, a little bit of a, a journey and uh, because this game has been taking a journey. So this, this game actually... Um, I think when we first talked about this, it was because the Kickstarter dropped. And the Kickstarter is from several years ago. The Kickstarter is from 2015. And the game had already existed before the Kickstarter. So the the game, I believe, they've been working on since closer to 2014 or 2013. So this is not um, a new title this isn't something that just cropped up this is something that's been around for a bit it's it's made the circuit it's been shown at e3 both in 2016 and in 2018 and it has changed a lot okay so the game is again we happy few it's produced by compulsion games who by the way is located in a gramophone factory how interesting is that that's pretty cool that's so a they cool still place produce to work. them, or is it like an old gramophone? No, it was like they used to make gramophones. I guess who's I, <laughs> who's still making gramophones? <laughs> no, but it'll come back the same way that everything comes back. So, like five years from now, we'll be interviewing an artist, and the only thing he does is produce gramophones. I, That'll yeah, be right, and yeah. he'll be making more money than all of us. You've, heard, you've heard it here first, folks. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so. Uh, Compulsion Games is who made it. So they they had one other game under their belt, uh, Contrast, um, but the other one is We Happy Few. So they they started working on this game. This game is set in the 60s in London. And kind of imagine like psychedelic 60s, like that style. So 
Uh, you said it. Uh, what was your comparison yesterday? Andrew I said had- that it's like um, Hello Neighbor meets uh, Austin Powers meets um, Clockwork Orange. Clockwork Orange. That's what. Yeah. That's the vibe. There, there's the description. That's what it looks like. And, and the idea is that it's this town, I think it's called Wellington Wells, and everybody is on this. Everybody takes drugs, basically. The drug is called Joy. Yep. Uh, but but they take, they everybody's on Joy. And uh, certainly, in one way, it mellows them out. It makes them also pretty weird. Uh, and it also makes it easy for the, you know, the government or whoever to control them. And so you, when you play this game, you play one of three characters. You stop taking Joy in the beginning of the game. And then uh, you start your path. So part of what you do, you know, you have to try to, you have to try to uh, blend in. So it's kind of like the stealth aspect of you don't want to alert people that like you're not taking joy and everybody else is. So so part of what you'll have to do is is um, do that. Part of what you have to do is, uh, you know, you you have your own quest line, and the quest line is specific depending on which person you are again is one of three characters uh but they've also added a another component into the game which is just kind of like um i think they call it bird watcher mode which allows you just roam around the town see what people are up to so there's a couple ways to approach the game if you just want to wander you can wander if you want to do the storyline do the storyline um and again I, I imagine there's different levels of stealth you can incorporate so that's the game people got really excited aesthetically it looks great here's the deal with it though um in 2015, they showed the game at PAX, and they got a lot of feedback from users. And what they realized from their feedback is that all the things people were getting excited about were not things that were actually intended from the game. So people were making all these comparisons about how they couldn't wait to play the game because it was going to be this plus this, and they were ready to, for this mechanic and ready for this. And Compulsion Games took a step back and said, our, our game doesn't actually do those things. Like These people are, are throwing money at us because... They're excited that our game does X, Y, and Z, and our game does A, B, C. Like, it doesn't do... So what they decided to do was to take a step back and actually pivot the mechanics and purpose of the game in order to fit more of what people are getting excited about. Yeah. So they started They started the Kickstarter. They, they went to raise 220000 They ended up raising 330000 uh, And this was so they could make the changes to the game. Well, again, as it's progressed, as they've been getting more feedback, they've had people uh, testing the game, They've started pivoting more and more. Now, it's only at the time I think it was like a four-person studio, and it's an indie studio. And, and the issue is, an indie studio just doesn't have the manpower to produce a AAA title. It, it, it's just uh, there are things that are really difficult, if not impossible, to accomplish when it's just four people on a limited budget. And but the thing is, people were so excited for the game. And no, no fault of Compulsion Games necessarily. People are so excited for the game that um, Compulsion realized we're a bit stuck because we might release a game and there's too much hype and people get let down. This is the exact scenario that happened with No Man's Sky last year. We talked about that on the show where people got so pumped for the game, so excited how it's, you know, it's, it's redefining this genre of gaming and and how open world it is and the amount of exploration and these unlimited, you know, um, things that you can create and, and whatever. Um, th- the game was so hugely hyped, so much money thrown at this game, so many people um, talking about it. And then when it came out, people were calling for, you know, this is false advertising and they should, the, you know, they should be, uh, you know, fined and the game should be removed and everyone should be refunded. I mean, it was a huge thing. And the reality is, 
it's because people got it in their mind it was a triple A game. Now there is some question of whether or not the team at No Man's Sky actually misled people. So there's like a whole thing there, and so that's the reason I'll stop the story at that point. But with Compulsion Games, they're trying not to repeat that. They don't want to create a situation where basically the f- their base is too excited and then applies <laughs> all this stuff to something it's not. Yeah, um, that's, that's a weird thing. Like you want to under you want to under promise so that you can over deliver. Yeah, like hold on, this could suck. Everybody, hey guys, chill. Yeah. Hey, this game is it could be just garbage. It's don't good be at best. too excited about it. <laughs> so anyway, so that being said, um, Compulsion Games actually now uh, it looks like they're partnering up with Microsoft. Microsoft has taken interest in them. Microsoft has I think tripled their team now, and and so. Now maybe we will get that AAA uh, level title. Here's the thing, we'll find out in a month. So even this, even though this game has been on a journey now for you know the better part of five years, next month we're actually going to get to play the game. Next month it releases. It'll be out on Xbox, PlayStation, um, PC is. Oh man, PC as well. Sorry for that. <laughs> what happened there? Hold on. It'll be on Xbox, PlayStation, PC as well. And um, we'll we'll get to know for sure uh, how the game plays. There is still one more hiccup. I didn't mention this to you last night, Andrew, uh, but the game right now is not allowed in Australia, which I imagine is a decent sized market. It turns out that if your game, um, th- they consider that this game, they say it glorifies drug use because people take this drug and they feel better. Yeah. And so because of that, they've refused to rate the game. And no game, and any game without a rating is not allowed to be sold in stores. So effectively, that must suck the, for people who have to take antidepressants. Yeah, so effectively, <laughs> this game is banned in Australia right now. So the studio is still trying to work through that because one of two things has to happen. A, they have to get it unbanned in Australia, or B, they have to refund all their Australian backers. So they're, they're, and they've already said they would. They're Ooh, trying to work through that. So That sucks. Yeah, other than that hiccup, we are about to get the game. It's very exciting. It looks, it, again, I'll go and add on. It looks incredible. Um, even stylistically alone, uh, it looks beautiful. On top of that, uh, you can go ahead and purchase it. You know, I, I think it's around the $60 uh, price point. Uh, but they also have one other thing, which I think is really, really cool, which is that you can purchase a uh, collector's edition. Uh, it's called the Time Capsule. Yeah. And the Time Capsule doesn't actually come with the game. I didn't mention that last night. So you still have to buy the game separately. Oh, really? Yeah, the Time Capsule is just stuff. Oh, that's garbage. I don't like that as much. <laughs> well, so the Time Capsule, I think, is going to be like $150. Bucks. Um, it doesn't uh, stay on the site, but I'm pretty sure I read that somewhere else. Uh, but it comes with a couple things. It comes with uh, a lamp. It comes uh, The You Look Smashing Lamp. It comes with... Uh, this mask, this Bobby mask, which is something we see on the cover of the game, and in, that, in a it's lot honestly of the- super rad. Think of uh, a com- that's again the combination of Clockwork Orange and like V for right. Vendetta. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I love the exaggerated smile; it's so menacing. Uh, the, it comes with an alarm clock. It comes with a vinyl, like for the soundtrack of the game, a guidebook, um, some posters, and some stickers, stuff like that. So the the uh, time capsule looks super cool. But again, that does not include the game. You would still need to also purchase the game, uh, which you can pick up now. So, uh, game is sixty bucks, and uh, I can't I can't wait to try it out. So, I'm looking forward to it. Do you think this is one that you're gonna pick up when it releases, Andrew? Maybe because Cooper. So Cooper really loves Hello Neighbor, and it has that same gameplay to it, where there's like puzzle solving, and you've got to maneuver around without getting caught, um, and things like that. And it's all first person. So I'm guessing 
he hasn't heard about this game yet. As soon as he hears about it, he's going to want it. So yeah. I'm guessing we'll we'll probably pick it up. I yeah, I, it, to me it looks good. I don't actually have a console, which means that uh, I'll have to solve that problem. But again, it is a is a very cool looking game, and hopefully it it's coming up out for PC. Hype. So, well, I, I'm on my MacBook right now. I do have a PC. Yes. yes. Okay. So I, I that's fine. Um, but man, I just you know I love um, I love being able to take my console to a coffee shop and set it up and like. Uh, like a Starbucks and mm-hmm. like play there, so it's harder to do that on my PC. That's true. Sorry. <laughs> so. But anyway, that's it. So that that is that is toys and games for everybody. Okay. And uh, yeah, take a look at that. And uh, good luck, Compulsion. You know, you and your Gramophone Factory. I hope you make it. I agree. And their their logo is super rad. The the studio logo yeah. is super cool looking. So yeah, good work, guys. All right, I think that's gonna be it for this episode. You can find all the stuff that we just talked about on mof1podcast.com where there's show notes and links to that stuff again there's there's several things that you can go purchase things that you can go look at for more information about the stuff that we talked about um hit up those show notes it's certainly certainly helpful you can subscribe and rate and review on all the different platforms when you rate and review it's so helpful to us so just maybe take a few minutes um and just jot your down jot your down thoughts (laughs) (laughs) jot down your thoughts on the show and give us a rating and that helps us so much it doesn't cost any money it takes very little time you can support the show financially by going to patreon.com slash one podcast or go to shop.mf1podcast.com where you can support the show as well guys we are heading to portland in about three weeks we will be oh, at man. pop-up crop in portland where we will be hanging out with all the cool kids um and i've already seen some stuff coming in uh some messages coming in on the discord channel from people who live in the area and can't wait to hang out we will have a meetup um stay tuned for more information on the the meetup there if you're going to be a pop-up crop we will be there doing podcasting we will have hot seats so come join us in uh in there and we will have the i'm guessing the schedule for that for that will go up pretty soon so um I would imagine you would see it in the next week. Yeah. And big shout to Tranter Gray. Tranter Gray, uh, is, they're the reason we're getting to go to Portland. Yeah, absolutely. sending us so out there to uh, great to group of guys. Them. Yeah, and they do incredible work. Go to Tranter Gray to see their. Um, they do video production stuff and and storytelling components. They are really really good. Go check out Tranter Gray. They are bringing us out there. So all of the the uh, episodes after, um, or all the episodes from. Uh, pop-up crop will be brought to you by Tranter Gray. It's going to be a super cool opportunity um, to work. We're so happy to work with them and can't wait to hang out with all those pop people again. Um, But uh, for now, we're going to hop out of this episode. I'm Andrew. And I'm Patrick. Bye. Peace out.